Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. Hello. Zoot, zoot. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was Day of the Dead, one of the most unusual episodes of Babylon 5 for a couple reasons. What's one of those, Nick? Well, one of them is this is written by Neil Gaiman. Um, Not Neil Diamond. Not Neil Diamond. No, Neil Diamond. Um, And it's the first episode written by a non-J. Michael person since mid-season two, I think. Yeah, I think so. The only person besides J. Michael in seasons three through five to write an episode of Babylon 5. (laughs) And what a strange place for a Neil Gaiman episode to show up. (laughs) So what do you think, Brian, of this episode? Uh, Definitely um, a different episode. Uh... (laughs) Like, I didn't even think about it, but there's no B-plot. It's just... A lot of little vignettes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not anything else going on in the grand scheme of things. Like, but strange. <laughs> just, just I, I, I don't even... It's just strange. Just I strange. don't even know how it relates to the rest of the show, even. <laughs> not much. It's, uh... It just has a different fingerprint than... And that's something that happens when you have the show written by one guy for oh, three that's years. that's true. That's certainly but, a like I think the, I think like the dialogue itself felt authentic, but it just had it a different fun. feel. It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode, and <laughs> I remember and it didn't bother me quite as much this time. But I think the first time I was really annoyed with like because the, the whole dead people showing up like doesn't to me fit in the sort of shows ep- uh, that Babylon Five does. Like they end up saying like oh it's a mystery and whatever, which okay I can buy more now than I did the first time, but it doesn't. It feels like a different a different universe. Yeah. They could, I could see, yeah, I see what you mean there, but, and they could have fixed that with just a little different kind of storytelling with that race. With Bakiri? Yeah, they could have done, I feel like they could have done something to make it less I feel like, mysterious. I feel like they very purposely kept it ambiguous, though. Like, they, the characters were asking questions about what's going on and what's, and they, there was never any sort of final answer no, about anything. Really. I feel like the writer wanted to just like, I will throw all these things out and none of it really, it doesn't matter, like, Lockley then. It's a mystery and who cares? And I, I'm okay with that from in, inside the episode. I still feel like it feels a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we've ever really had a, much of a discussion about what the Babylon 5 perspective on the afterlife is. They've toyed around with souls, with and, souls and that, but they've never really... Said one way or the other. I guess that we saw that one moment where Lita saw the one guy oh, dying and he went yeah. through a gateway or something. It's really kind of... I mean, everyone has kind of a very depressive view of the afterlife, actually, in this episode. Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, I don't know. Even the dead people are like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean it doesn't matter? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal. So, yeah, it's, it is a strange beast in that way. It is fun. It's a fun episode. In in as far as like Rebo Zudi are a lot of fun. Some of the some of the interactions that people have with their dead like Mr. Morton <laughs> was that great. Was so random. <laughs> like everyone else seemed to be like purposeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his was Mr. Like I feel like all the good ones were gone and he's like, ah, oh, that's what I get left with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They they would have had to come up with something about some new yeah. backstory for Lanier. Because all no, I have to ask, did you recognize the woman that Garibaldi was with? Thought, was she the one that was killed on Mars? Yes. Okay. Rupos. Gropo. Gropo? Yeah. I, I think it's it. The okay. ground pounder. Yeah. I think it was really, literally just a one-night fling. So yeah. of, all, of all people for Garibaldi to come across, that was and interesting Is he choice. actually married to Lise? I don't think they're married yet. But they're together, but she hasn't been on the show 
since yeah yeah like last season since the end of last season but there's still they're long long distance relationship okay. i think okay i don't know that talked about it much yeah but. i think it's one of those things that garibaldi felt like he had to go help sheridan yeah after the whole thing probably i just assumed she would come with him and she had to figure out the oh, edgar industries who also just lost their head person true yeah but they yeah, do they do talk about later in the season we get more yeah it'll come up but yeah they have not it, it's t- completely understandable that you would have missed that because i don't feel like they talked about but, it a lot no since and then. i was like is lisa and then like he obviously wasn't into the whole ghost ex-girlfriend thing so <laughs> he's like i i don't want to get that it's meant with a ghost yeah, but, like, but lando has no qualms <laughs> about that sort of thing none whatsoever <laughs> poor lando he's like now that i'm emperor i don't want to be emperor yeah well he's not even emperor yet. No. he's just but he's already dreading if deer it. can be emperor a small earth cat can be emperor <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's come around apparently on the comedy of of uh Rebo and, Rebo and zudi yeah. <laughs> I don't think he cared for it for a long time. But, uh, I don't know about the captain. The captain still... Lockley's like, what the heck are you people <laughs> laughing at? Well, she acts like she's never seen it before. <laughs> it's possible. I think she just doesn't care. It's possible. But man, uh, Delenn's joke <laughs> laughing thing was great. It means a fish and... <laughs> that was that was. But it's fascinating. They're like, oh, Membari humor isn't based in pain or danger. <laughs> like, humans, like, that's... That's so cool to think about, like, yeah, they would have to... Have something completely different. Yeah, yeah, to cater to different, the humor of different races. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, Kamen gave more oh, forging yeah. cookies from the dead. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that totally sounds like a Koshism. But when, when the long night comes... Go back to the end of the beginning. Hey. <laughs> uh, you think that means something? Is he supposed to go back to Casa Doom? Or... His mom's house? Or, <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. That's... I, it's more important. Did Mr. Morden tell the truth or not? Did he even say anything? He said something to Lanier that Lanier he didn't believe. He was going to betray the... Angla Shock. The Angla Shock. Oh, he did say that, didn't he? He did. He also said, and Delenn doesn't love you. Yeah, that's, that's the thing <laughs> I was thinking of. And I was like, that's not a big That's video. harsh. That's <laughs> Thank you, like, Ghost wow, Morden. Yeah. You're no better than Live Morden. Interesting though, this episode does give some insight into the Captain Lockley, her, mm-hmm. her backstory and some motivation. Yeah. She apparently had this like very rebellious, probably teenage life, and then and ended in tragedy and really kind of shocked her onto the straight and narrow. Scared straight. Yeah, but literally ba- straight, probably. Basically, <laughs> I you know I I wondered about that this time that I did not wonder about it before. It's hard to. I think it's inconclusive, especially since they both said they actually wanted kids. Yeah, I I, I decided not to yeah. interpret it that way. Yeah, I, I think I think you could pretty easily just say they were they were just r- roommates. Partying. Yeah, we're just partying friends. But that's what I. That's what I thought. I thought too, but like. Yeah, yeah, it's a different world than it was ten years ago when I first yeah, saw it. Yeah, yeah, this. But um, well, and J. Michael. Well, I know it's not. This episode wasn't J. Michael, but J. Michael is. Open to that sort of thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't think that's the direction. But, but it, interesting. Like it, it scared her straight enough to the point where she used Zoe's dead as her passcode. Yeah, like what? Well, you've oh. you've got issues, Lockley. Apparently, I mean, now she's like a super. Like she never breaks rules ever. Yeah, you know that's kind of her thing. Mm-hmm. So interesting, interesting little backstory there. And I think I remember reading that. Neil Gaiman had just like talked about what characters he wanted to use, and so it was very. I imagine as a writer, it'd be interesting to be able to tackle someone that is basically new ground yeah. to explore. 
I suppose all the other ones, I'm sure he did a lot of reading up on that kind of stuff. But all right, well, yeah, this is this is sort of a standalone with a little some maybe some subtle hints on, subtle hints yeah. at what may be coming. But over overall, mostly a very standalone episode. Enjoyable for that, but yeah. So do you, did you enjoy it more this time? Than I think last it did. Time? Yeah, I think you know it is a very well written episode as far as the character interactions and things like that. I wish um, I could have seen Veer with a dead person. Yeah, where is Veer? That's a good question. Probably on Centauri or yeah, run errands, something like that. Like I can just imagine him being like, "Oh my goodness, what are you doing here?" And it's like his grandma or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed how many of the actors they got to come back for this. Actually, yeah. like those were like one-time roles. That, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that's the same person that played Dodger. I actually, she she did not have long hair before. Um, I don't, yeah, I think it was that she looked from my memory. And it was funny, like even Morden's hair got long hair while you're dead. I don't know. Mm. I think Morden looked like he got a haircut. Actually, he did too. And yeah, skin. Looked, skin. Skin. <laughs> I think. I think he grew his skin back. Oh, that's yeah. probably good. It'd be terrifying if he just came back in that burned, crusty state. <laughs> we need to see more villains in a burned, crusty state. That was, that, that was unique. Uh, his skin was just like falling off his Anakin face. Skywalker. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but the, he didn't. Yeah, we didn't get to see much of that, though. Sad. <laughs> I know. Heartbreak. <laughs> Not really. I kind of would have given it away if they just kept him that way, though. Like, they didn't put him in the... He would have died, for one. <laughs> given uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi the high ground. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi had underestimated his power. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, that's a different show. Um, <laughs> do you want to do Spoiler Corner or not? I'm not sure I know quite enough to do. I mean, on the one I could, but not on the other. I don't remember enough. Then I, do it? I think it's fertile enough to... Okay. We could try to dissect what okay. certain things Let's do this. We talk then. about how Rebo and Zudi become politicians. Exactly. And, and, and that was an interesting conversation, but hopefully don't become politicians. <laughs> Felt a little out of place in this episode. It was weird. But... It was just like... Uh... Now, and now let's talk about the importance of comedy. Okay, but this is Day of the Dead. <laughs> okay, if, if you got Penn and Teller, I guess you gotta no, use Penn and Teller. Like, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming for dinner. <laughs> All night. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, what kind of dinner party is this? <laughs> anyway. All right, this might be our last spoiler corner of the show. Oh, that's so true. We gotta, make, we gotta make use of it. Sorry, Brianna. Yeah, that's okay. Thanks again. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. All right, so so first off, which one? Okay, tell well, me. Well, Morden is not lying. No, that's a pretty cut and dry. Because, one, but where did where do the because that's obviously that the twenty year about the analog shock or the about the analog shock. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But well, I don't remember how that happens at all. Actually, I had forgot, that happened, I that forgot happened, about that. Well, the, the near well, he he about um he almost leaves Sheridan to die. Oh uh, yeah. That's what they're talking about there. Okay. That, that's coming up toward the very end of the season. Yeah, it's really disappointing. It it's, a, it's a very sad moment. Yeah. Yay for that. So, the, But the other thing... Um, it has to be after the end of his 20 years. Ka- yes. Kosh, when the long night begins or something, returns to the end of the beginning. Yeah. Kosh had said... I think he, Kosh says... I don't remember if it's in the pilot episode or if it's in the very first episode of the show. So it begins. So it begins. Sometime at Babylon 5. So the end of the beginning would be the end of Babylon 5. So that I think that's why Sheridan goes back to Babylon uh-huh. Five before he gets decommissioned. Before he goes, and then Babylon Five blows up. Babylon Five. We saw at the up. end, uh, like middle of season one, we saw that uh, 
prophecy from some Centauri lady about the Battle 5 blowing up. Mm-hmm. When they decommission it. And yep. then he goes off to basically, because his lifespan is running out because cause of the Lorian thing. Lorian thing and Zaha Doom. I love, I love it's more like, why isn't Sheridan here? He died. And <laughs> Lanier's like, obviously you don't know what's going on. Which... Morton wasn't wrong there. No, he was. <laughs> he was not wrong. But most people don't know the circumstances behind all that. No. Probably not even Lanier. Actually, probably only the Lim is probably the only one who knows that actually, he only yeah. has that twenty years. Yeah. So yeah, Lorian is gone. So but yeah, I, I remember looking at the. I looked at the uh, notes for this not too long ago, and I think uh, Neil Gaiman had asked uh, Straczynski for something from Kosh, and he had been looking for a way to sneak that in. He's like. This is what he'll say. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, like I said, very weird episode. So, but so that, that's interesting. Hints. So they, and again, with the whole like, oh, there's death, but we don't know if we're dead or not and everything. But someone can give Zoe like, this is what I was told to say. Who told you to say, Kot? But wait. How but, did Kosh? But yeah. if there's no, I, yeah, I don't know. It's so, it's so ambiguous, their version of what death is on this show. Mm. But, Probably purposefully so. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of strange with this episode in particular. Yeah, with this episode in particular. I mean, generally before now, they just say, we don't know. And all the alien races have their own version. Mm-hmm. But then when you have the, well, they say maybe they didn't show up, maybe it was memory, or, which it's not. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's mystical. That's just, yeah, that's basically baked in the cake. It's not a clone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the mysticism, what I find just so weird in... The context of normal Babylon Five at this level. I mean, they do some little Mimbari things or whatever. Well, I mean, because I think Babylon Five generally has this like this universalistic atheistic sort of perspective, yeah. where it's just the universe figuring itself out. Yeah. And probably in that context, I think J. Michael's most natural inclination is to be like, when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah, that, that's it. Now Neil Gaiman loves playing with all kinds of just. More mystical things than right. J. Michael does. And I think J. Michael prob- J. Michael certainly has, because of that universalistic mentality, he has more appreciation for mystical sides of yeah. things. And I think he like having things being bigger and beyond our understanding, yeah. I think he's fine with that. So this probably that's why this kind of probably falls into a gray area. Yeah. Where my guess is his hunch from his scientific logical side is that after you're dead, you're dead. dead. But because he, he also believes in things outside of his understanding. He'll let it, let it fly. He'll let this sort of thing Especially fly. Especially when, you know, they purposely say, oh, it could be any of these 20 things, but it doesn't matter. And he, I think from our Christian perspective, we're like, yes, there's, Christianity has this, this understanding of there's a very logical sort of thing, but there's also a very specific truth. Mm-hmm. And we may not know all of the specific truth, but God does. So yeah. there's this... There is an answer. <laughs> there is an answer. There is, there is a very logical through line because of him, even though we don't know all the stories and mm-hmm. or all the reasons behind everything. That doesn't mean those reasons don't exist. Yes. Hopefully that made sense. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying makes sense. Yeah. Not necessarily what this episode <laughs> is makes sense. But. So. Right. Anyway, long story short, we will wrap this up. Uh, thank you for listening to The Weekly Hijack. If you would like to hear us talk more about philosophy and storytelling, go to our main podcast, Daryl Trends of Thought. Available at your favorite podcast l- listener platform, as long as that is uh, iTunes or Stitcher. Because <laughs> that's where we're at currently. Yeah. Until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. Bye-bye.